A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And here we go again. Hey, folks, and welcome to today's podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. I hope everyone is having a great Memorial Day weekend so far. If you're out there going, eh, 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 I love to get drunk on Memorial Day. Well, don't you worry about it, folks. You have one more day to enjoy all those adult beverages. If you are a functioning alcoholic, hey, every day is Memorial Day for you. (laughs) Enjoy those cocktails. And I have to say, White Boy Malcolm X, I have to say that I listen to our Wednesday podcast and I have to give myself a B minus. You gave me a C, sir, but I gave myself or am giving myself a B minus for my opening monologue that day. To each their own. (laughs) Fair enough, sir. And if you have absolutely no idea what I am talking about, if this is your first podcast joining us here on the Miller Frost Show, last Sunday, this began last Sunday, when I had the absolute world's worst opening monologue. It was about, folks, it was about as robotic as it gets. It was like, uh, 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 uh. I mean, it was just kind of like, It was horrible. I will admit I gave myself an F minus. And let's face it, folks, everyone gets a participation trophy. Everyone gets an A for everything. And I gave myself an F minus. That's how bad I thought that monologue was. I mean, once I get started, once I get into the news quick hits, into the news pile, it just goes. It just flows effortlessly. But this first, I would say, five, 10 minutes is always the worst for me because it really is just me with a couple of notes For example, I have something that just says email, and that is to remind me to tell you that my email is Miller at MillerFrostOnline.com, and my parlor handle, that is at MillerFrost. So it really is just me speaking extemporaneously for 5-10 minutes, and to me, like I said on Sunday's podcast, I am really nervous. It makes me a bundle of nerves because my brain just locks up sometimes when I have to like speak for five, 10 minutes, and I have absolutely no idea what is going to come out of my mouth from one moment to the next. Speaking of uh, speaking of talking extemporaneously, though, White Boy Malcolm X, neither of us caught that I actually referred to myself as Gen Z, and I figured you would have fallen out of your chair when you heard that, but I actually, it's one of those things with, like I said, talking extemporaneously, things just kind of You sometimes just misspeak about things like the Gen Z to Gen X. I was talking about how Gen X is jaded. We are a cynical bunch, but I refer to myself as Gen Z. I insulted myself by calling myself Gen Z, and I don't even live in my mother's basement, folks, so I don't even know how that's possible. Speaking of completely botching something, though, poor Elliot Page. And Elliot, if you are listening to this podcast... I apologize for misgendering you. I am so used to Elliot Page being Ellen Page that sometimes my brain just forgets 
to flip over to he, and I, I think I said she the entire time. And I didn't do it on purpose. I did not do it to be flippant. And I know some of you leftists out there going, Ah, you hate transgenders, and you're deliberately misgendering them. Now, you try this, folks. Get behind a microphone and start talking about someone and flip their pronouns and see if you can make it for a couple of minutes doing that. Elliot just throws me off because I've actually never seen Elliot as Elliot. I only remember Elliot as Ellen. So I am thinking of, like, Umbrella Academy and what other couple movies she was in, like Juno or... Not Tenet, Inception was the other one, the Christopher Nolan movie. And so I just, I don't do it on purpose. It just is as it is, and I apologize. I don't want to be the jerk that deliberately misgenders people. I might be a jerk, but I'm not that kind of jerk. And I guess since I am already on a roll, those funky pronoun people, like uh, Sam Smith or... Demi Lovato with their they, them. It's hard for me to think of Sam or any Sam. I don't give a crap. It's not Sam Smith. But any old Sam, when you're talking about someone in the third person, you just think he. That is how your brain is wired. And so now you got all these people with their special funky pronouns because they are as self-absorbed as they get. They have the luxury, folks, of sitting around and going, hmm, Today, I think that I am non-binary, and I want special funky pronouns, and I want the whole world to acknowledge my specialness and call me the pronouns I want to be known as. You look at Demi Lovato. Demi, they are on their third reboot. No, I take that back. Second reboot, right? Heterosexual woman, pansexual woman, and what is a pansexual, folks? A pansexual is nothing but a snooty bisexual because they will still do anyone. And they will literally do anyone. If you are a pansexual, I know how you pansexuals are. And now, folks, now on her second reboot, Demi wakes up one day and goes, you know what? I am non-binary and my pronouns are they, them. So I got to keep up with Demi Lovato (laughs) and all the machinations of her funky pronouns and whatever the hell she is doing with her life. And I swear to God, if she does another reboot and comes out as transgender and wants everyone to call her a whole new set of pronouns, I am suddenly a man and my pronouns are he, him, or what have you. Honey, I can't take it anymore. And White Boy Malcolm X, who was that stupid chick that couldn't have just funky pronouns, regular funky pronouns? No, folks, this stupid chick was so special, so unique, she had to intermix her funky pronouns. So she was like, she, they, I think. She couldn't just do they, them, like a normal funky pronoun person. No, she had to intermix she, her, and they, them, and she is she, they. Which dumb chick was that, White Boy Malcolm X? Halsey. I have never even heard of this stupid chick until she came out and was like, oh, I have special pronouns and my pronouns are so special. I am intermixing my special pronouns. So I am she, they, and nobody cares, Halsey. But in all seriousness, folks, I will try my best to get everyone's special funky pronouns correct if I happen to have a conversation that includes them. And if I screw up from time to time, I apologize. I'm not really doing it on purpose. Like I always say, I can be a passive-aggressive queen sometimes. I can be that way. Not usually, of course, but I am not that kind of passive-aggressive queen to come onto this podcast and deliberately do that. 
I am like the woke folk that go out in public and trash Whitey publicly, right? If I am going to pick on you, I am going to do it right at you. I am not going to be passive aggressive about it. Like those BIPOC folk, they love those safe spaces where Whitey isn't around so they can trash Whitey behind Whitey's back. I am not that type of person. You annoy me, I am going to say it right out loud. And speaking, White Boy Malcolm X, speaking of human beings that annoy me, since this is the second to last day of AAPI Heritage Month, Nancy Pelosi, Geisha Girl, Harajuku Girl, any sightings? None. Her twin eunuchs, Steny Hoyer, James Clyburn, Samurais, any sightings? None again. Okay. Not that I am surprised, folks. We know when creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer did not give a member of the AAPI Heritage Tribe, did not give any of them a cabinet-level position. Now, he did give a cabinet-level position to that pocket queen, Pete Buttigieg. He gave that idiot, feckless ex-mayor of some rinky-dink town in Indiana, he gave that queen the Department of Transportation as his personal slush fund. But he could not, folks, he could not bother to give any member of the AAPI a cabinet-level position to have their own department, their own slush fund. And so they are butthurt about that. And now, folks, we have Nancy Pelosi and her twin eunuchs, Steny Hoyer and James Clyburn, completely ignoring AAPI Heritage Month, even though, folks, even though when Black History Month came around, they put on that kinty cloth and they were down for the struggle when they wore it. But I have to say, White Boy Malcolm X, With gay pride kicking off on Tuesday, and I know you queens out there cannot wait for gay pride. You are ready to party. COVID screwed you all up last year, so you cannot wait to go to those circuit parties. You got your vaccinations done, and you can go to the circuit parties and be with all the other queens, and you can do your party drugs and what have you and go to your weird orgies. (laughs) I don't know. I have never been to a circuit party, but everything I have heard about them You queens need to grow up, but that is a completely different topic for a completely different day. But White Boy Malcolm X, I I was just thinking about this because I was going to wonder if Nancy Pelosi was going to do anything for the queens to recognize Gay Pride Month. But I don't think White Boy Malcolm X, and you can correct me, sir, if you think I am wrong, but I don't think she has to do a damn thing to show that she is down for the LGBTQ plus struggle, sir. And the reason I say that is because, let's face it, folks, Nancy Pelosi, between that horrible facelift or God knows how many facelifts she's had, between that and all the makeup she cakes on her face to hide the wrinkles, she is already, folks, she already looks like a damn drag queen. I mean, a B-rate drag queen, like, let's say, a rinky-dink gay bar in the state of Indiana. And yes, Cheston Buttigieg. I am talking about those horrible gay bars in the state of Indiana that you cannot get remodeled because creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer has taken away your $2.25 trillion in infrastructure money. So I think, White Boy Malcolm X, I think that Nancy is all set. She can just come out and do her usual press conferences where she kind of drools and babbles and lies through her frickin' teeth as she tries to gaslight us. I think that Nancy is all set for gay pride. She doesn't have to do a damn thing, folks but wake up every day and get dressed like she normally does. Now, her twin eunuchs, however, Steny Hoyer and James Clyburn. White Boy Malcolm X, what do you think of this idea? I picture James Clyburn and Steny Hoyer as the gimp from Pulp Fiction. 
Yes, the GIMP white boy Malcolm X. Well, I see them more as the, I don't know, the GIMP twins or something like that. You put them in some leather shorts, and folks, if that doesn't turn you straight, you queens out there, if you see Steny Hoyer or James Clyburn in tight leather shorts, if that doesn't turn you straight, nothing will. Get them in tight leather shorts, put a harness on them. You could actually put a collar and a leash on both of them, and Nancy can drag her twin eunuchs, her gimps, around behind her. Just for Gay Pride Month, get a couple ball gags. I don't want to hear either of those two idiots yapping, yap, 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 yap. All they do is parrot out whatever the hell she tells them to say anyway. So I think, folks, if Nancy Pelosi doesn't do a damn thing, Steny Hoyer and James Clyburn go as some sort of gimp twins modeled off the gimp from Pulp Fiction. I think that's all that trio of clowns needs to do to show that they are down for the LGBTQ plus struggle for Gay Pride Month. And speaking of Gay Pride Month, White Boy Malcolm X, no, I have not even bothered to look. I cannot imagine that Enrique Iglesias and Ricky Martin would not come to Boston. I know if they do, those queens in the South End, the South End folks will be empty whatever night or couple of nights that Enrique Iglesias and Ricky Martin, who are apparently, allegedly, possibly going on tour together, the South End of Boston will be completely empty those nights because those queens will be... (laughs) We'll be down there going, oh, it's Enrique and Ricky. Look at them gyrating up on stage. So wonderful. Oh, oh, give me my smelling salts. It's just so fabulous. We are going to have so much fun, White by Malcolm. <laughs> the next 30 days, starting Tuesday, is going to be a huge dumpster fire of gay pride. Okay, White by Malcolm X, how was that opening monologue? B minus. Wow. Thank you very much, sir. You are definitely coming up on your grading, which means, folks, that it was actually a B plus. But hey, I'll take a B minus from White Boy Malcolm X. So let's go ahead and jump into our news quick hits. White Boy Malcolm X, I know I've just cursed myself to an hour and a half podcast, but I would prefer, sir, it is Memorial Day, and I would like to have a little bit of downtime, even though I get tomorrow off. But I want a relatively short podcast, sir. So if I am yapping my mouth too much, please, sir, Please tap your watch. But this first story, Jesus Christmas, this chick again, folks, she is herpes. Every time you think you get rid of her, boom, she is back for more. From the BBC, Patrice Coolers, Black Lives Matter co-founder, resigns. Uh Uh-oh, let's find out what's going on there. And here are a couple of pull quotes. Patrice Coolers said Friday would be her last day at the foundation, which she has led for nearly six years. The 37-year-old activist finances came under scrutiny last month after it was reported she owned four homes. And folks, as we reported here on this podcast, she is already shopping for a fifth because, let's face it, folks, her fancy home in Georgia and her fancy three houses in Los Angeles are not enough for Patrice Kahn Coolers and her wife. They are shopping for a house in the Caribbean as well. And if you're out there going, man, Miller, I can't believe that she has resigned. What about her meal ticket? How is she going to keep being able to afford to buy new houses and maybe a mortgage or two on the other houses? Well, folks, don't you worry about Patrice Kahn Coolers and her wife. I still have one more pull quote. Miss Coolers said she would step down from the Black Lives Matter Global Network to focus on her forthcoming second book, An Abolitionist Handbook, and a TV development deal with Warner Brothers highlighting black stories. 
So yes, folks, Patrice Kong Coolers. Now she has made some really, really good money. In fact, folks, she has made huge money selling that woke crap, right? Trash and whitey has been very lucrative for Patrice Kong Coolers. How lucrative? Four houses worth of lucrative. $3 million plus in real estate lucrative for her. But folks, that ain't enough for Patrice Kong Coolers. She and her wife, they want more. They got to pay for that fifth house in the Caribbean. And she might even, folks, she might even want at least a house or two in Europe somewhere. Maybe a villa in Italy. Maybe something in Paris or something in London. Or hell, it's Patrice Kong Coolers. She might have a house in every European capital. She don't care. But she needs bank to pay for it, right? So she is going to get herself a second book. And Warner Brothers is going to be writing her huge checks to keep her ass talking about how wonderful Warner Brothers is, talking about how woke Warner Brothers is, and how down for the struggle those folks at Warner Brothers are because they keep writing her huge checks to sell her stupid television ideas to the studio. And I know I said it on Wednesday's podcast, but I will say it again. All you good folks in the uh, the BIPOC community, all you folks who are like, man, I am down for the struggle. I just want to help my brothers and sisters and help our community. You are a useful idiot for folks like Patrice Kong Coolers and all the other good woke folk getting rich, 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 rich off this woke crap off of spewing hatred and bigotry and racism towards Whitey. Trash and Whitey is lucrative business. It is good business, and it is going to pay for a couple more houses for Patrice Kong Coolers and her wife and all the other good woke folk out there who are selling the same type of garbage that you folks, as useful idiots, keep buying. From The Independent, the millennials who never watched Friends. The more it's hyped up, the less appealing it becomes. And here's one poll quote from that. From the outside looking in, loyal Friends fans appear almost cult-like, says Samin Javid, and it feels too late to join them. She speaks to other millennials on why they skipped the hit series. Probably because they were too busy watching The Big Bang Theory, which I think is the other dopey millennial sitcom that they love to watch. That and The Office, I think, are the big millennial television show. So I kind of scanned this article. I really didn't care to read it. I'm like, oh, we just have to be different. These clowns, they just want to trash friends. Oh, I don't watch friends. I'm not a stereotypical millennial. How dare you accuse me of that? I just, they're cult people. Those people that like to watch friends, those other millennials. I'm, I'm not like them. It's like a Gen X or white boy Malcolm X going, oh, I'm not cynical. I'm, I'm totally not cynical. I just love people, right? We're all cynical. Embrace what you are, folks. And I bet White Boy Malcolm X, I can see The Independent having this as a series, right? The Millennials Who Never Watched Friends or The Millennials Who Never Watched Big Bang Theory or The Millennials Who Never Watched The Office. It could be like a 10-part series. The, the Millennials Who Shunned Avocado Toast or The Millennials Who Shunned a Smartphone, Having a Smartphone, Who Managed to Adult Without Any Issues Whatsoever, Who Don't Have to Live in Their Parents' Basement, Eyeing up a sex doll, playing with themselves, playing with video games, playing with Pokemon cards, whatever, reading comic books, millennials who are fine not getting a participation trophy. <laughs> that, folks, like any of those are ever going to happen. That's like a Bigfoot sighting, White Boy Malcolm X. <laughs> Seeing any of those with a millennial Bigfoot. From the Political Insider, 
Speaking of herpes keeps coming back for more, report. Beto O'Rourke, pondering run for Texas governor in 2022. And here are a couple pull quotes on that. Former Democratic presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke is reportedly considering a run for Texas governor in 2022. So he can lose again, white boy Malcolm X. He lost his Senate race. He lost his presidential race. And now he's going to lose this. The Associated Press ran a story based on the comments of a top aide to O'Rourke, who said he is again weighing another campaign, this time for governor. The AP refers to the Democrat as the breakout star of Texas. <laughs> like to know what they're smoking, though he lost his Senate seat against Ted Cruz and adds that the aide doesn't have a timeline for an actual decision, only that he has been able to think more about running now. This guy is a clown. <laughs> Bless your heart, Beto O'Rourke. I mean, what has he even been doing, white boy Malcolm X? I mean, the only time I ever hear about Beto O'Rourke is when he pops his head up every couple of months to go, guns are bad, guns are so bad, we gotta take away the guns from everyone. Wow, now that is intellectual heft. He is, folks, Beto O'Rourke is the D-list John Kerry of Texas. I mean, just like Lurch, John Kerry, he got himself a rich wife to pay for all this. You're probably like, okay, Beto, just get the hell out of the house, you dumb idiot. Just go away. Here's some money. Go run for whatever the hell office you want to run for. You ain't ever going to win. Bless your heart. You're too stupid. But just here you go. Just go away. I, I don't have the time for you, dear. You're pretty to look at for a Democrat, but I don't want to hear you open your mouth. Just go away. Go tell people you're going to take their guns away. I'll see you in a little bit after he loses again. Speaking of clowns, though, the AP, I mean, those idiots are gaslighting us with this whole, oh, Beto O'Rourke, he is a breakout star. He's so fabulous. I can only imagine, folks, what is over at the AP masturbating to an image of Beto O'Rourke, that beta male, that pajama boy. (laughs) That is what you would call a stud in the Democrat Party, folks. I mean, you've got, who do we have, White Boy Malcolm X? We have T.J. Ducklow in D.C. He is a D.C. Lothario, folks. He is a stud in Democratic circles. On the West Coast, folks, you got Bill Gates, the Seattle Lothario, that guy with the strippers gone, <laughs> gyrating around in a Speedo, dancing between two hookers. That, <laughs> bless his poor wife's heart. Honey, get yourself a real man with all that money. And now, folks, now you've got Beto O'Rourke, pajama boy extraordinaire, In Texas, he is yet another stud, and he thinks he's going to win office in Texas. I tell you what, that is another sign of the apocalypse. If that clown wins any office other than dog catcher or cheap congressman in some podunk district in the middle of nowhere, backwater Texas, if he can pull that off, we are doomed. (laughs) Or better yet, you folks in Texas are You are screwed six ways to Sunday if that idiot ever sees the inside of the governor's office. Before we move on, White Boy Malcolm X, quick question for you, sir. Who's dumber? Beto O'Rourke. Or Gus Kitworthy. (sighs) Folks, I... Hold on a second. I gotta... I gotta stop the podcast for one... Okay, maybe... A minute or two. I was going to say a second, but I have to apologize 
to Gus Kentworthy, and I will say his name properly. I have to apologize to Gus Kentworthy. That was a cheap shot. And folks, I sometimes do cheap shots. Don't get me wrong, but that was a, uh, man, that was right between the legs. That was just uncalled for. That was grossly unprofessional of me to to compare Beto O'Rourke and Gus Kentworthy. I mean, at least, now I give, folks, I give Gus Kentworthy a lot of grief on this program. <laughs> I really do. I give that kid a lot of grief. And I also give Colton Underwood, that new gaby to the tribe, I give him a lot of grief as well. But to compare Gus Kentworthy to Beta O'Rourke, that's just a cheap shot. I have to say, I don't even need to ask your opinion, White Boy Malcolm X. I know for a fact that that is a cheap shot. That was totally uncalled for, folks. At least Gus Kentworthy has actually accomplished something in his short life compared to, like, Beto O'Rourke. What the hell has Beto O'Rourke done other than be a backbench congressman from some podunk town in the middle of nowhere, Texas? He has done nothing. Well, I mean, like I said earlier, he married a rich wife. He's just like John Kerry. What did John Kerry do? Nothing. He got elected to the Senate, another in a long Long, 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 long line of losers who have been elected to the U.S. Senate from the state of Massachusetts. I mean, look what we got now. We got Pocahontas and we got Tweedledum Ed Markey. Those two clowns, those two geriatrics are our U.S. senators. They're a couple of losers. John Kerry, what was his last accomplishment? Being sodomized by the Ayatollahs in Iran. He took one right up the keister for some shoddy nuclear deal with those nut jobs in Iran. That's the highlight of John Kerry's life. What has Beto O'Rourke done? Nothing other than marry well and be a D-list backbench congressman from some podunk town in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Gus Kentworthy at least has done something with his life. Now, I have to say, he is a guide or a pimp to Colton Underwood at this point. I don't know if it's a downward spiral for him, but at least he got to start from somewhere high. Beto O'Rourke. Uh, Beto O'Rourke. It's basement, always has been basement, always will be basement. And he can run around and go, oh, take your guns. All he wants. Guess what, Beto? Basement. From the post-millennial. George Floyd anniversary rioters face multiple felonies in Portland. Huh, white boy Malcolm X. They are actually kind of, sort of, maybe, possibly, half-heartedly, if that, law and order-ish in Portland. Let's find out more. Here's a pull quote. The Multnomah County District Attorney's Office, speaking of clowns, feckless clowns at that, has filed charges against four out of the five suspects arrested when hundreds of Antifa rioted in downtown Portland for the anniversary of George Floyd's death. On Tuesday night, more than 200 people gathered outside the Justice Center in response to a pre-announced direct action by Antifa. That, to me, is a surreal pull quote from the post-millennial. First off, folks, they actually arrested people in a Portland riot. When was the last time you ever heard of that? Now, we can criticize them for saying, 
There were over 200 people there. There were over 200 people riding, and you could only catch five of them. That's kind of a certain level of incompetence, but I'm not going to blame the police. And why? Because that city is run by that feckless mayor, Ted Wheeler. So that's one thing. They actually arrested people rioting in Portland. The second thing that was surreal to me, the Multnomah County District's Attorney's Office, that clown car of loser attorneys, they actually filed charges. Now, they couldn't get all five of them charged for some reason, but hey, I will take 80%. If they will charge 80% of the people that are arrested, I'll take it. Because let's face it, folks, it's normally zero. Third, I have to say, I thought, and that's all we keep hearing about, folks, I thought that Antifa was just an idea. Not people, it's an idea. Yet 200 people show up at least, but it's still an idea. However, it goes without saying that the mainstream media will, of course, ignore this story, but they'll probably do about two or three stories on those evil Horrible white supremacist lurking about, hiding in the shadows. Because even though the mainstream media cannot produce any white supremacists, or maybe one on occasion here and there, the fact that you have 200 plus people down there for an Antifa riot, you know, the media will lie and gaslight just like they normally do. What is this about Antifa? That's just an idea. You want to talk about 200 people down at a courthouse trying to burn a courthouse down in Portland, Oregon? That's just crazy talk. I have no idea what you're talking about. How can that even be possible? Let's face it, folks. They love to go home at night. They get a fancy cocktail and they go, man, you should have seen how we gaslit the U.S. public today. That was kind of funny today. I love lying to those people. They're stupid. They have no idea how dumb they are. Flyover country is full of retarded people. And we just love lying to those retarded people in flyover country. It's kind of funny. I'm getting a little bored with it, but hey, I'm going to keep doing it because I love telling the big lie. The only thing I think that is not surreal about this article, White Boy Malcolm X, what do you see in this picture, sir? That definitely is not surreal. Of course it's all white people. (laughs) Of course. Who riots these days? Who loots, riots, burns, has a grand gay old time. Hysterical white millennial Gen Z women. That is what I have been saying for quite some time now. And whenever there's a man around riding, generally speaking, he's been dragged there by his stupid girlfriend who wants him to help her riot, loot, burn, have a grand gay old time. And he'll do it for her because he wants a blowjob later that day. So in this picture, folks, the only five clowns that got arrested in Portland, they're all white. Two men, and three women. But folks, only two of the women have original hardware. And I'll let you folks figure <laughs> figure that out on your own. But at least they're making a little progress in Portland. Now let's face it, folks. Those four that got charged are only going to get a slap on the wrist. They may have, I don't know, maybe two days of community service. Probably not. Don't get uh, too excited about it. But probably just a day. Maybe two. You never know, right? But it's a start, and we'll, we'll take the start, right? Even though they just arrested a couple of ideas. From the College Fix, fraternities targeted by Instagram account publishing anonymous rape accusations. 
Well, that sounds like a good time. Let's find out more. Here are a couple of pull quotes. An anonymous Instagram account called Share Your Story UVM has been publishing allegations of sexual assault from students at the University of Vermont. Share Your Story, which currently has over 3,600 followers, accepts submissions via direct message and posts them. Some posts contain the name of the alleged assailant. Well, that's no fun if they're not listing everyone, while others contain only an account of the purported rape, sexual assault, or sexual harassment. The account does not release the identity of anyone making an allegation. Of course not. Where's the fun in that? Nor seek to verify any claims. There are currently nearly 100 stories on the account's homepage. The account's creators argue that sexual assault on campus is a fraternity problem and a sports problem and has compiled accusations against several fraternities as well as the men's basketball team at the University of Vermont. So the University of Vermont, white boy Malcolm X. Man, that is a lot of rape and sexual assault going on there at the University of Vermont. Or alleged rape and assault or sexual harassment. You know, it's one of those fun things that uh, all the vindictive mean girls get to take part in. Or I know how you queens are. Queens get to do that too. You get to trash someone's reputation anonymously. That's so much fun. And the girls just got to have fun. I suspect, folks, that there is not a lot of rioting, burning, looting, having a grand gale time going on up in Vermont. So what else are the girls going to do? They're going to accuse all these guys, the guy that was a jerk to them two years ago, they're going to anonymously accuse him of rape on a college board, put his name up there. He raped me. He assaulted me. He sexually harassed me. That, white boy Malcolm X, that is some good Game of Thrones action going on up there at the University of Vermont. Knifing your enemies anonymously. That has got to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun for the folks up there. A lot of them are taking part in it. And a hundred stories already. Reminds me of a couple things I have to say. Way back when, I'm sure some of you Gen Z kids, millennial kids probably don't remember this. But back in, I think, 2005, 2006, there was the Duke lacrosse case where a stripper accused four white guys. She was a black stripper, by the way. She accused four white guys of raping her. And I think those guys were arrested and thrown out of school and trashed publicly for months and months and months and months. And lo and behold, the stripper was a liar. But she didn't get caught until after their reputations had been thoroughly trashed. Remember the Rolling Stone article? at the University of Virginia, where they wrote about a fraternity rape case. They actually had to retract that story. They actually got sued. They actually had to pay out huge money for trashing those boys' reputations. So, folks, it is not totally new to trash the athletes. They did that at Duke. To trash the fraternity boys. They did that at the University of Virginia. And now, folks, it's a twofer at the University of Vermont. They get to trash both of them at the same time. I guess they didn't get everything out of their system during the Me Too movement. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. They took down a lot of creepers. It's not like I'm a fan of Harvey Weinstein or anything. Don't get me wrong about that. Glad a lot of these schmucks got taken care of. But 
A lot of people got trashed anonymously just like this. Quite a few people lost their jobs and were publicly vilified over an anonymous accusation. And I know some of you are out there going, well, they probably deserved it. Guilty until proven innocent. If someone's accusing them of rape, they must have raped them. No, nobody ever lies about that. No, that's never happened before. Which is the more credible rape accusation? The one where the woman goes to the police, gets all the evidence collected, has conversations with the district attorney's office, and gets the case prosecuted correctly, the normal way? You have a victim, you have an accused, you have a trial, guilty or innocent, and that's the way it should be. But no, there's no fun in that, folks. And I guarantee to you, posted anonymously like this, most of them are probably not true, or they are an exaggeration of the truth. The point of these anonymous posting boards on Instagram or wherever they are is to destroy someone. That's all it is. I'm going to trash your reputation, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Well, until somebody with enough family money goes after whoever has this Instagram account and sues the living crap out of them, pretty easy to figure out who those folks are. If your lawyer is good enough, they will track that stuff down. They will find out who these folks are. They will find out who's trashing your reputation. And mark my words, white boy Malcolm X, if they're trashing the sports guys, the jocks, if they are trashing the frat boys, I guarantee you, white boy Malcolm X, it is a bunch of ugly, bitter women or queens who can't get a jock or who can't get a frat boy if their life depended on it. So I hope you folks out there trashing other people. Man, that's so much fun. I'm going to accuse this guy of sexual assault. Let's watch him get thrown out of school. <laughs> that's what I guess the kids are still doing these days. Let's face it, folks, this has been going on for a long, long, long time. I do believe in karma, folks. <laughs> what comes around goes around. So just you folks wait. From the Washington Blade. Oh, this is kind of a follow-up story, White Boom Malcolm X. Corrine, now did we say her name was Jean-Pierre or, oh, it was Jean-Pierre because that sounded fancier. It sounded French. So let me start that back up. From the Washington Blade, Karine Jean-Pierre makes history in White House briefing, but skips over LGBTQ press. Uh-oh, White Boy Malcolm X, Karine Jean-Pierre is snubbing the tribe. Here are a couple pull quotes. White House Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre made history on Wednesday by being the first black woman in decades and the first openly LGBTQ woman to conduct a White House briefing, although she declined to mark the occasion by calling on the LGBTQ press in the room. Does that mean, White Boy Malcolm X, that she ignored Peter Ducey from Fox News? <laughs> that sad nepotism case. Did she avoid that little queen, or is there another queen or two or three or five in that newsroom? They act like a bunch of bitchy queens in that newsroom. I'll tell you what. I saw some press conferences when Trump was in the White House, and man, they are a pack of mean girls. I bet when they were in college, they were probably trashing a bunch of people on Instagram anonymously as well. But picking back up, Jean-Pierre asked during the White House briefing about the significance of her conducting it, recognized the milestone, 
but also downplayed it in favor of praising the Biden administration. And folks, the Biden administration is the administration of Queen Kamala, but the figurehead is creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer. I appreciate the historic nature, I really do, Jean-Pierre said, but I believe that being behind this podium, being in this room, being in this building is not about one person, it's about what we do on behalf of the American people. Clearly the president believes representation matters, and I appreciate him giving me this opportunity, as if he had a choice, and it's another reason why we are so proud and this is the most diverse administration in history. Even though, folks, and let's not forget that creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer did not give anyone in the AAPI community in their tribe a cabinet-level position. So I do not want to lecture in diversity from creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer. I tell you what, though, White Malcolm X, she is sucking up to Joe Biden like no one else. She wants that job. When Jen Psaki goes, she wants that. That queen, White Boy Malcolm X, that queen... That is also in the running for that position. Can you see him, though? He'd be out there going, oh, yes, it's so fabulous that I'm up here. I just love this podium, and I just love this room, and yes, it's all about me. But that smart lesbian, she's smarter than that stupid queen. She's kissing Joe Biden's ass. That makes me want to throw up, but she's playing the long game. She is going to get that podium. She's waiting out Jen Psaki. She may even push her out. She's a lesbian. I suspect she's pretty tough. She'll get rid of Pisaki, slide right in there, take that job. And that queen has no chance, no chance whatsoever to take that podium from her. Because that lesbian will give him a huge beatdown if he even thinks about trying to steal it from her. And folks, if you have not had enough gaslighting, you're like, Miller, Miller, man, I, I just love being gaslit by these folks in Washington. They think we're all stupid people. I just want to hear more gaslighting. Can you give me some? Of course I can, folks. It's the ruling class in Washington. That's all they do all day. Other than steal your tax dollars, borrow a bunch of money, we'll never, ever be able to pay back. (laughs) That's not my problem. That's the problem of millennials and Gen Z. But other than that, gaslighting is a close third. Here's one more poll quote. Jean-Pierre, after repeating that it wasn't about her, again, folks, sucking up to creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, added, we're going to be truthful. We're going to be transparent, and that's the way I believe the president, who again, folks, loves, 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 loves to sniff women's hair, would want us to communicate to the American people. So I hope you enjoyed that gaslighting, but don't worry, folks. If that is not enough gaslighting for you, we got more, but you're going to have to wait for it. White Boy Malcolm X. And sorry, folks, complete random aside before we jump into our news stories, White Boy Malcolm X, did I tell you that the Summit Mistress was actually in Summit County recently? And for you folks out there wondering why I would be telling White Boy Malcolm X that the Summit Mistress is in Summit County, it's because she no longer lives in Summit County. I don't care where the hell that woman lives, she will always be known as the Summit Mistress. Unless, now that I think about it, unless she moves to Florida. And then... All bets are off. But did you know that, White Boy Malcolm X? Did you know that the Summit Mistress was visiting Summit County? She was actually visiting the gang in Summit County. Well, I guess I know who the favorite is. But (laughs) Yes, we must, though. We must check the smoking gun. Because if she was with the gang in Summit County, I have no doubt, folks. I have 
zero doubt that there was a bit of a dumpster fire at the Dillon Dam Brewery at some point during her visit. But we're going to find out eventually, Summit Mistress. We will find out what you were up to in Summit County. But anyway, let's go ahead and jump into our news pile. We only have five stories, White Boy Malcolm X. Five. So I want, I don't know, this will probably be about another hour worth of stories, but I hope not because it is Memorial Day weekend and I would like to have an adult beverage this evening. But of course, gay is at the front and smoking gun is at the back, even if we only have five stories. And this first one, folks, this first one is from Queerty. Haas Sleeman, and Haas, if you are out there listening to this podcast, I apologize if I am butchering your name, but I have absolutely no idea, folks, how to pronounce that. It's H-A-A-Z, so I assume that's Haas, and his last name is Sleeman, I think, S-L-E-I-M-A-N. Or he could be French, and it could be Sleeman, but I don't know about that. But we're going to go with Haas Sleeman for now. Haas Sleeman is the queer superhero We've been waiting for. You girls at Queerty are setting a low bar if that is who you have been waiting for. And what is it, White Boy Malcolm X, with all the gay superheroes all of a sudden? I mean, folks, it has been, I think, not nonstop, but it has been pretty regular the number of news stories that we have had involving gay superheroes. In fact, On Wednesday's podcast, we had a variety story about the gay Green Lantern, and that show featured Jeremy Irvine as gay superhero Alan Scott. And yes, folks, I already know that Alan Scott as a superhero name, especially a member of the tribe, that is the worst superhero name ever. I mean, you've got Thor. That's a pretty good name, right? even though they have now swapped out male Thor for Thor the Chick. You've got Iron Man. That's a pretty good superhero name. I would say the Black Widow, folks, but that's kind of racist. And let's face it, that character is being played by a white chick. So I don't know why those idiots over at Marvel cast a woman, a white woman, probably because of her hysterical white women's tears. They probably thought that might be able to come in handy as a superpower weapon, right? You've got the bad guy, and he's about to attack, and Black Widow. And yes, folks, I know that the Black Widow was played by a white chick, but you've got this evil villain about to destroy the Earth, and the Black Widow comes out and goes, Boo! Boo! Social injustice! Boo! Boo! Your evil plot to destroy the Earth is going to affect the black people! Boo! And the evil guy would be like, ah, Jesus Christmas, another hysterical white woman crying her white women's tears. I am out of here. I am going to leave this planet. I cannot mess it up any more than this stupid chick and the millions like her will do on my behalf. I'm out of here. And I would say, and speaking of triggering superhero names, I would say Captain America, but God knows those woke folk out there would have an hysterical meltdown if I said anything about Captain America. Unless, of course, folks, unless, of course, I was talking about Captain America looking homoerotically at Bucky Barnes. Then the queens would be like, oh, yes, I just love that. You can talk about Captain America, even though I hate America. You can just keep talking about Captain America all day. But let's also talk about Bucky Barnes. Mm, That is so delicious. That would be a great. I'd love to be the meat in that sandwich. You know how the queens are, folks. They would allow 
folks to talk about Captain America, but only in a homoerotic way. I guess the only one I could possibly say that would not be triggering would be Black Panther. Ah, crap, I probably shouldn't have brought that up either, because let's face it, folks, Chadwick Boseman lost the Oscar to that evil, dastardly old white man, Anthony Hopkins. Damn you, Anthony Hopkins, damn you. So we probably shouldn't bring up Black Panther either. That also might be too triggering. I don't know what Marvel's going to do, White Boy Malcolm X. They are going to have to start rebranding all these names because most of them are too triggering. But enough about cool or not cool superhero names. Let's find out about the queer superhero those losers over at Queerty have been waiting for. After years of teases, baiting, false starts, and COVID-related delays, it finally will come to pass. Haas Sleeman and Brian Tyree Henry will play the first openly gay married couple in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Since I guess White Boy Malcolm X, Bucky Barnes, and Captain America did not turn homosexual lovers and get married first. The pair will star together in Eternals, due out later this year. In the movie, Henry plays the machinist Phaetos. And I hope I am pronouncing that right. God knows if I'm not White Boy Malcolm X. Tons of nerds living in their parents' basement, eyeing up their sex doll, playing with themselves, reading comic books. They are probably going to be really super duper butthurt if I am butchering that name as well. While Sleeman plays his architect husband. So Haas Sleeman, White Boy Malcolm X, let me make sure I have this correct. Haas Sleeman plays the architect husband of Phaetos, or Phaetos. I don't know how to pronounce these stupid names. We'll say Phaetos. That just sounds... If I say Phaetos, that might be triggering to obese people out there. So we'll just say Phaetos and his architect husband. Can you... What a cliche that thing is. God. Hi, honey. I'm off to work to go design some houses while you go out and fight those super evil bad guys. But don't you be late to dinner tonight. I'm having the Joneses from next door over. So you need to be home by 6 because they're going to be here by 7. And I want that costume of yours, that superhero costume, clean when they get over here. I cannot have them showing up and you're all dirty from fighting supervillains. The addition of the pair marks a new level of LGBTQ visibility in popular entertainment. And to paraphrase Spider-Man, with great visibility comes great responsibility. As Sleeman told New Now Next, and that is all one word, folks, New Now Next, and I am assuming I did not bother to click on the link. I assume that that is one of those gossipy entertainment websites. It's my first Marvel film, so of course I'm excited. My gut feeling is you'll be so proud. What Marvel has been able to accomplish I'm so proud of them because they've approached it in a very thoughtful way, and Phaetos is one of the biggest superheroes in the film. I'm his husband, an architect. We have a child. Ten bucks, White Boy Malcolm X. Ten bucks, and folks, I have not seen this movie, so I could be completely wrong. Ten bucks, those two queens have a little girl running around that house. Because let's face it, folks, queens love to adopt little girls even though I wished I was the superhero, because when will we see an Arab Muslim openly gay actor playing a superhero? I can't wait to see it. Ah, Haas is one of those types. I am not going to be happy as a gay man until I can see an Arab Muslim openly gay actor playing a superhero one of these days. And they'll finally get one and be like, I don't know if he's Arab enough for me. 
Is he really Muslim? I might see a cross under that uniform. He might be a hidden Catholic or something evil like that. I'm, I'm still not satisfied. I want an Arab Muslim openly gay actor. How open is this queen anyway? For Sleeman, who apparently, folks, is obsessed with seeing an Arab Muslim openly gay actor playing a superhero, and he is a bit butthurt that Marvel has not done it already, the November 5 release of Eternals will add fuel to an already hot career. For the rest of us, seeing two gay characters in a superhero movie makes our hearts throb with excitement, and I bet that's not all that's throbbing over there at Queerty, and with pride. Knowing at least one of them is played by an openly queer actor makes us even happier. So I guess, White Boy Malcolm X, that Brian Tyree Henry is gay for pay. If they're talking about only one of them being an openly queer actor, I guess that's Haas Sleeman. Brian Tyree Henry is either a closeted queer actor or is gay for pay. You think gay for pay. I, sir, I think the exact same thing. And the funny thing about this, folks, with Eternals, who is it, White Boy Malcolm X? The guy from Game of Thrones that's in this. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Richard Madden. Thank you very much, sir. Richard Madden, folks, is actually a member of the tribe. Now, I guess he is not playing a gay character in the film, but he is a member of the tribe. And that, I have to say, is a good addition to the tribe. <laughs> Finally, we have some good additions to the tribe. Richard Madden is in there. Haas Sleeman, eh, I don't know. He kind of comes off to me as a bit whiny if he's sitting around worrying about seeing an Arab Muslim openly gay actor. That's what's going to make him happy in life. Man. That is what is called a first-world problem. That drama queen worrying about that. This next story, folks, is from National Review. And for you folks who listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you, I know, hear me talking about getting a first-class ticket on a train to a re-education camp, and you're like, man, Miller, that's kind of scary. But that, I think, is a kind of an exaggeration. I don't think they would send people to re-education camps. Well, folks, you are wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. If those folks can put you on a train to a re-education camp, they're going to do it. I promise you that. But here is a peek at a re-education camp, and this is what you get to look forward to when they send you to the re-education camp for you to become woke. Lockheed Martin put executives through training to unlearn white male privilege. So it looks like the six-figure set over at Lockheed Martin they got put in a woke re-education camp for a couple of days. So let's find out more about what we can look forward to when we get our first-class tickets on the train to the re-education camp. Lockheed Martin, the nation's largest defense contractor, put top executives through a three-day training to deconstruct their white male culture and unlearn their white male privilege, according to a new report. White Boy Malcolm X, you can do that in three days? You can deconstruct white male culture and unlearn white male privilege in three days? Like a long weekend. It's almost like a vacation. It's not really, folks. I might be wrong. It might not be a re-education camp. It might be a quick trip to the day spa. <laughs> three days. I Who knew you could do that? Thirteen employees, including a former three-star general and the vice president of production for the $1.7 trillion F-35 fighter jet program, attended a program on Zoom last year 
led. Okay, so they're not actually going to the re-education camp. They're going to a virtual re-education camp led by the consulting firm White Men as Full Diversity Partners, according to City Journal's Christopher Rufo. The firm works to help white men awaken together and under the threat of losing their jobs. But the article didn't say that. The training began with a free association exercise, which asked the Lockheed executives to list words associated with white men. The trainers listed, get this white boy Malcolm X, old, racist, privileged, anti-woman, angry, Aryan nation, KKK. (laughs) No, folks, I'm not done. Founding fathers, guns, guilty, can't jump, according to Rufo. The diversity trainers posed the question, what's in it for white men? A list of responses included, I won't get replaced by someone who is a better full diversity partner. I will improve the brand, image, reputation of white men. White men have brands, white boy Malcolm X? I mean, I guess if you are a millennial, Gen Z type, I guess all those kids these days, they love to brand themselves on social media. I did not know white people had their very own brand, other than racist, 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 right? And, yes, folks, there's one more. I will have a less nagging sense of guilt that I am the problem. I guess there were no Catholics on this virtual re-education camp. Because, folks, let me tell you something. You cannot get rid of Catholic guilt. Trust me, I have tried. The employees were also asked to recite and internalize 50 white privilege statements. Just 50, huh? I figured if Patrice Conn Coolers was involved, 50 would be the warm-up act before she was done clearing her throat, including, my culture teaches me to minimize the perspectives and powers of people of other races. I can commit acts of terrorism, violence, or crime and not have it attributed to my race. God. Man, they really hate Whitey in this class. And to think, White by Malcolm X, we literally, and you folks out there, we literally just had a story about some nut job on a college campus. And yes, folks, I know that is redundant. Trust me, I know that. We, folks, we just had a story where a woman on a college campus was blaming Whitey for black people beating up Asians. So I would, if I were over at the White Men as Full Diversity Partners consulting firm, you might want to amend that or update it to, I don't have to commit acts of terrorism, violence, or crime to have it attributed to my race. Because Whitey, folks... Whitey pretty much gets blamed for everything these days. After the participants finished their white privilege statements, they were asked to recite and internalize 59 male privilege statements, including, My earning potential is 15 to 33% higher than a woman's. My reproductive organs are not seen as the property of other men. I guess no one in there is gay. The government and or even strangers because of my gender. And speaking of gay... For the final step, the employees recited and internalized 59 heterosexual privilege statements, including, get this, white boy Malcolm X, I am not asked to think about why I am straight. I can have friendships with or work around children without being accused of recruiting or molesting them. I don't know who's blaming the queens for that. Let's face it, folks, everyone knows it's high school teachers out there banging the kids these days, not the queens. The training concluded by asking the participants to read a list of I'm tired statements attributed to fictitious people of color and women, such as, I'm tired of being black, I'm tired of black boys, girls being murdered, I'm tired of the concept that we should be colorblind. No, we don't want to be colorblind at all, folks. That triggers the woke folk. 
And I got nothing on this, folks. I tell you what, these people are absolutely insane. The woke crusade continues. I mean, that's the best I can come up with at this point. I mean, this is the sort of nutty that is going on everywhere, including at our largest defense contractor, trashing whitey to a bunch of white men. This goes on in our schools. This is not the only company by far, I would have to say, doing this sort of crap. You cannot avoid this no matter what. And if you think that you can go through the next couple of years of this uh, woke crusade avoiding this, you are wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. You are going to get hauled into something, even if it's a Zoom re-education camp. Talk about white privilege. And folks, we did have another story where a BIPOC folk, of course, was complaining about whitey, this time using Zoom to show off their white power. And no, folks, I have absolutely no idea how using Zoom can show off your white power, how it reeks of white privilege, white power, white fragility, white whatever, blah, 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 right? But apparently it does, because that is someone's poetic truth, and we do not want to get them butthurt by talking about the literal truth. (laughs) That we cannot do. So we are going to just grin and bear it, folks. Remember, smile when they tell you that whitey sucks. Smile when they tell you that whitey's evil. We'll get through this. Don't worry. We will We will get through this. Even if we have to fake it till we make it. Speaking of teacher bait, and yes, folks. Yes, folks, we have teacher bait. A fresh teacher bait story for you. This one is from the Athens Banner Herald. And folks, I... I think this is a first for the Miller-Frost show. This is our first teacher bait story with this situation. Listen to this headline, White Boy Malcolm X. Former Athens high school teacher acquitted in sexual assault trial. Folks, this is a first. A teacher did not take a plea deal. I guess she was probably looking at jail because this is Georgia. And we know, folks, that a lot of these southern states are locking teachers up 10, 15, 20 years. They are putting their asses in jail for at least a decade for tapping into that teacher bait going, mm, that high school boy looks delicious and I want it. Right? They are locking them up in the South. So this one's like, well, what do I have to lose? I'm going to fight this tooth and nail. And this one got off. Hmm. I never thought I'd see that, but let's go ahead and find out more. A former math teacher at Clark Central High School was acquitted Wednesday of sexual assault on a student during a jury trial in Athens-Clark County Superior Court. Kara Elizabeth Colson, 25, of Cumming, and folks, that is Cumming, Georgia. I know there is a certain sense of irony that a teacher bait story has a woman, a teacher, a predator, alleged, well, I guess she's not because she was acquitted, an accused but now innocent high school teacher of banging that kid. She lives in Cumming, Georgia, <laughs> which actually is a real town, folks. It is a northeast of Atlanta, I believe, but Kara Elizabeth Colson, 25, of Cumming. So on we go, was charged with having sex in her Athens home with a 16-year-old student she taught in her geometry class. Colson, represented by athens Clark County Assistant Public Defender Rachel Williams, bless her heart, lost her job and license to teach as a result of the investigation. Colson, who resides in Cumming, 
Yes, we already know that, testified in the trial that she brought the student to her home after meeting him at the Cloud Bar in downtown Athens in February 2019, according to court testimony. She denied they had sexual intercourse. Of course she did. And this, folks, this is where it gets a little weird. The misconduct with the student came to light only after Colson, who, folks, does live in Cumming, Georgia, went to the school's guidance counselor. <laughs> Sorry, folks, I couldn't help myself. Went to the school's guidance counselor at the school in April 2019 and explained how she had a relationship with the student and it was stressing her. And if you think her one-night stand, alleged one-night stand with that student being classified as a relationship was kooky, if you thought that was kooky, there's more. She told the counselor she had become pregnant. There was no direct evidence produced in the trial that the student caused the pregnancy. And I damn well guarantee you folks, when the question of a paternity test came up, his parents were like, no, we do not want to know if that nutty teacher, if she's carrying our grandchild, we just never happened. We're going to forget about it. The counselor told Colson the matter was serious and she was mandated to report it to school administrators. The counselor didn't recall if Colson shared the student's name but allegations were made the student had contacted her wanting $500 in cash. Man, that kid thinks low and an improvement on his grade. The student testified as a reluctant witness, telling Assistant District Attorney Robert Schollmeyer that he did have sex with his teacher. The student also said he never told anyone else about his intimate relationship with the teacher. And before I go any further, Wipo Malcolm X, and no, I'm not going to do a reenactment, but I just want to make sure I have this correct so far. So you have Kara Elizabeth Colson, who is 25 years old. She lives in Cumming, Georgia. <laughs> Sorry, folks, I can't help myself. And she goes over to the cloud bar and she picks up one of her own students at the cloud bar, which I guess is in Athens is where the University of Georgia is. And it is also northeast of Atlanta. But I guess she goes to a college bar and picks up a high school student, <laughs> of course, takes him to the house, claims they never had sex. It's a teenage boy. They probably play video games. Assuming what she says is true. I doubt it. But assuming it was true, they play video games, what have you. But she goes to the counselor, tells the counselor that she had a relationship with the student. She was stressed about it and she was pregnant and the student was extorting her for $500 in a better grade. Did I get that right, White by Malcolm X? So far. Okay, I just... Does that... That just seems off to me, that she ran and tattletailed. I'm assuming it's because she figured if he's asking for cash in a better grade, her ass is about to get tattled on anyway, so she figured, let me get ahead of the story and say he's blackmailing me. I never had sex with a kid. I don't know how the baby got in there. Immaculate conception, folks. But I had a relationship with this kid, but we didn't have sex, and I don't know what the hell happened, but he's extorting me for 500 bucks, and he wants a better grade. Help me. And the counselor's like, I got a tattletale on you. Sorry, it's mandated. You're too stupid to know that. You deserve what's coming to you. And on top of all that, white boy Malcolm X, her running around with the relationship and the baby from Immaculate Conception and the blackmail story, on top of all of that, he never tattletailed on her. That has to be a first, folks. Every single one of these teacher bait stories that we report on, the kid is running around, yep, 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 bragging to all of his friends about how he is the latest fresh teacher bait, 
going around the faculty lounge. This whole story, I think, White by Malcolm X, is completely upside down. But folks, we're not done yet. No, 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 we are not done. The student testified he entered Cloud by sneaking past security, but he never drank alcohol while inside. Yeah, right. After meeting Colson, he said they danced together before going to her home. Can you see that white boy Malcolm X, some pudgy high school teacher doing her little gyrating on the dance floor with some little twinky little high school boy? God knows how they dance. Horribly, I suspect. But watching that, witnessing that sight, pudgy high school teacher, scrawny little high school boy dancing. I bet everyone in that damn bar, their eyes were bleeding at some point. In Williams's final argument, and again, remember, folks, that Williams is Rachel Williams, the public defender, which this teacher made the taxpayers pay for, she expounded on what she called the state's lack of evidence. In other words, folks, there was no blue dress. If you don't know what that means, just Google Monica Lewinsky dress. It's right there. Two things, white boy Malcolm X, even though this story is just weird, six ways to Sunday, he never tattletailed. She's the one who snitched. There's a relationship, even though it was just a hookup. She says they didn't have sex. He said they did. She's pregnant. Nobody knows who the baby daddy is. All sorts of weird going on there. Does she get her teaching license back now that she has been found innocent of tapping that fresh teacher bait? You hope not. <laughs> Me too. The last thing you need is that teacher getting her license back because she got away with it once. She's going to try it again, folks. I know it. I know how you high school teachers are. You're like, oh, whew, dodge that bullet. Uh-oh, fresh teacher pay. And the second thing, not a question, just a point. I'm wondering, actually, it might be a question. I'm wondering, White by Malcolm X, and you tell me what you think. I am worried, sir, that this may be sending another wrong signal. We already have one, folks. We have way too many district attorneys, way too many prosecutors giving these teachers a slap on the back of the hand. Oh, you can tap the fresh teacher bait. Oh, you can have fun with someone else's kid. You are just going to get probation. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. You can't teach anymore, but no jail time for you. I mean, unless you're in Texas or Arkansas or Georgia or what have you. Those folks down there, they take it seriously. But most of the time, the teachers just get away with it. Now you've got a teacher who said, screw it. I'm not playing to that. I'm not going to jail for that. I'm going to get the taxpayers to get me a public defender, and I am going to fight this thing to the nail. They got no proof. It's a he said, she said, and he is a loser. And I know I can lie my way through this courtroom. I just wonder if this is going to be the first of many more of these to come. You hope not again. <laughs> Me too. You teachers out there, I keep telling you, and I wish you would listen for once. It would save everyone a lot of trouble and a lot of heartache and a lot of problems and a lot of money. It's very simple. It's a very simple rule. Even a high school teacher can remember this. More Sebastian Stan, less little Timmy with two chest hairs. We are down to two stories, white boy Malcolm X. Yes, we are down to two stories. And this one really should, folks, this one from Fox News should be a smoking gun story, but it is, it's not, unfortunately. But here's this headline. Michigan woman ticketed $385 for talking too loud. Hmm, let's find out what's going on there. A Michigan woman says she received a hefty fine this week 
for talking too loud on her cell phone, according to a report. The woman, Diamond Robinson, and yes, folks, her name is Diamond Robinson, said she was walking and talking along a street outside her East Point residence Thursday when a female neighbor asked if she could end her call or talk lower. I have a neighbor who does that. White Boy Malcolm X, have you seen that guy walking around? You have? Yeah. Folks, I have this guy. I don't think he's a neighbor neighbor. He lives in the town that I live in, and he walks up and down the street, and he's always got... He's an older guy, too. He's not even a younger one. The young ones love to do this. They put someone on speakerphone, and then they scream into the phone so everyone around them can hear the entire conversation. And this guy walks up and down the street. He's holding the phone up to his uh, his mouth, and he's talking to it. And you can hear the other person. He's like, yap, 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 yap. And they're like, yap, 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 right? And it's back and forth, back and forth. And I feel like just getting him a pair of AirPods so he can talk to her and he doesn't have to hold the stupid phone up to his face. And I don't have to hear the other half of that conversation. But every time I'm walking around town, I see this guy. Yap, 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 yap. I don't know what he does all day, but walk around town and have conversations. Because every time I go to town, that guy is walking around. Yap, 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 yap. That's what makes me think of this. And God, I wish our popo would write this guy a ticket as well. I said, and this is Diamond Robinson, folks. This is a quote from Diamond Robinson. I said, Get out of my face. And I proceeded to walk past her, Robinson said, according to Fox 2 of Detroit. She is saying whatever she is saying. Three minutes later, East Point Popo pulls up. See, I told you, folks, this is a really good smoking gun story. God, I hope this makes it to the smoking gun because I will totally retell the story. Soon after, Robinson started broadcasting everything on Facebook Live. So Diamond is not a TikTok user. Diamond likes that Facebook Live. And I hope you know this is all being recorded, she said in the video. I'm not doing anything wrong by walking up and down the street talking on my phone. As Robinson continued to record, police officers wrote her a ticket for $385, Fox 2 reported. I just got a ticket for being a public nuisance because I'm talking too loud on my phone, she said in the video. That's why I got a ticket. Robinson claimed she was targeted because she was black. And folks, she is, according to this story, capital B Black, so she is absolutely down for the struggle, BIPOC Black. The woman who called the police moved to the neighborhood within the past few weeks and is white, according to the station. When asked why she broadcasted the altercation on Facebook Live, Diamond Robinson argued that things are being pushed under the rug and they don't need to. We can sit here all day and we can chant, we can riot, and we can do all of these things, but that is not going to make a change if you don't speak up at the time at that moment, she added. And folks, she was really speaking up at the time because that's why she got Popo called on her. The neighbor said the fine speaks for itself. This though, folks, this story when I read it, and yes, it is a dumpster fire in quite a few ways, but it does help to validate my earlier observation that life was returning to normal. And I said, using my own example, that I knew life was returning to normal even here in Massachusetts when all the trophy wives and all the other adults in my little town cluster around the pickup area at the Starbucks store. They used to do that pre-COVID. They would order a drink, go all the way down. Even if there were 30 people in the Starbucks, they went down there and parked themselves in front of the area where the coffee came out, thinking that they could bypass all the other people waiting for their coffee. But a lot of other people did it, so suddenly you had like 20 people all clustered around. It was like a, a mob scene almost. Where's my coffee? Where's my coffee? And then if your coffee came up, you had to barrel through these stupid people 
who thought they were so special their coffee would magically appear 30 seconds after they paid for it to get your own coffee. And so I said, life is returning to normal. And it must also be for COVID care. And one of the things I said, and apparently I am wrong, folks, so I am going to apologize for being incorrect. It does happen from time to time. I theorized that COVID Karen was going to have a really super hard time going back to being just a regular Karen. Because let's face it, folks, a regular Karen is just kind of a low-rent Karen. But a COVID Karen, that is the perfect role for a Karen running around, bossing people around, calling the popo on anyone and everyone who is violating the mask mandate or any other kind of COVID-related mandate because they want to help enforce the science. And they loved doing it. They loved being a COVID Karen because they didn't just have to target black people because that's what a Karen does. They call the police. They call Popo on their black neighbors. Like this woman. This is a Karen. This is a woman who called the police because her stupid neighbor was yap, 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 yap on her phone in front of her house. Now, I get it. Karen, I get it. That is really annoying behavior. And I'm sure it was a lively, lovely conversation. And you were tired of hearing about it. I don't think that calling the popo was probably the smartest thing you could have done to make a good neighbor. Now you've got an enemy. And I bet you got more than one at this point. But I tell you what, folks. This woman, this Karen, pivoted from COVID Karen back to Karen, back to a regular low-rank Karen, like that. Overnight, she was like, man... I can't wait to call the popo on my black neighbor. Oh, she's yapping her stupid mouth outside in the street. Time to call popo. And what do you think Diamond Robinson did? She saw popo show up. She's like, "Uh uh-oh, Karen called popo on me. She must want to watch me get shot. I ain't allowing that. Time for me to get on Facebook Live. So she got on Facebook Live, she thought, to protect her own life from popo shooting her because everyone knows that Karen only calls popo on black people to watch them get shot. And if you don't believe me, folks, we did have that article, what, a couple months ago, White Boy Malcolm X, where that was, that was the running theory on why COVID Karen called Popo to watch Popo shoot black people. You can't make this crap up sometimes, but man, I wish, I hope I pray. Sweet baby Jesus, please, 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 sweet baby Jesus, please make this a smoking gun story. I will totally, totally redo the story if that is the case. I mean, I guess I could do a reenactment of Diamond Robinson. Get out of my face. I got to talk to my friend. And she's talking to her friend that I'm going to call Popo. But nah, I got another one. I can do that later. And if it does, folks, if it does come back as a smoking gun story, I will absolutely redo it and I will do a reenactment. But now is the time for our smoking gun story and for, of course, the usual fun that comes along with a smoking gun story. And here is the headline here. Domestic turtle dispute is diffused by Ohio police records show. A family dispute over custody of a pet turtle required police intervention this week. Cops were called Tuesday morning to an Ohio residence to deal with the competing claims on an African side neck turtle, according to a sheriff's report. Devin Staw, 28, told deputies that he left the turtle with his parents when he went out of town for a few days with his girlfriend. Devin stated that he was now there to retrieve the turtle with his parents refusing to return the turtle to him. Stahl claimed that he had receipts for when he purchased the turtle and also had photos of him and the turtle on Instagram. As seen above, and yes folks, there is actually a picture of that turtle, a photo of the apparent turtle in question was uploaded last year to Stahl's Facebook page. So Devin Stahl 
loves to share pictures of his turtle all over social media. Stahl's parents gave cops a different account of why they were caring for the turtle, who was not named in the sheriff's report. Darn it. Both advised their son had requested the couple keep his turtle as he was going to be incarcerated and unable to care for the turtle. According to jail records, Stahl was arrested in late February on misdemeanor assault and domestic violence counts and was subsequently freed on $4,100 bond. And on a sidebar to this story, folks, I guess in Ohio, assault and domestic violence counts are misdemeanors in the state of Ohio. Kind of like Florida, I guess. Stahl's mother told cops that the turtle was in poor health when the couple began caring for the pet and had to receive medical attention. Additionally, cops noted, Stahl's parents said that their son was aware the couple was going to keep the turtle permanently. The domestic dispute ended with the reptile remaining with Stahl's parents, and after Stahl's mother declared that her son was not permitted at the residence, deputies advised Devin he is no longer welcome on his parents' property. Stahl, cops added, then departed the area without incident and his turtle. No arrest on this one either. Boo! Boo! No arrest. White boy Malcolm X, I have to say, I really should have just stuck with Diamond Robinson, her story, and the cell phone. I should have just stayed there, skipped the smoking gun story. But no, I didn't do that. Too late now, I guess, at this point to carry on. So folks, on that note, since I cannot go back to Diamond Robinson, and there is absolutely nothing really to discuss about Devin Staw and his stupid turtle, his poor beleaguered parents having to put up with that dope. At least he's not living at home. I have to say, when I first read that story, I'm like, man, there is actually a 28-year-old man not living at home, not living in his parents' basement, playing video games, playing with himself, eyeing up that sex doll in the corner, reading comic books, all sorts of fun stuff down there. No, that kid is living on his own. Kind of a dope, apparently, but I guess the parents got a turtle out of the whole affair. (laughs) Not sure they really wanted one, but, but they got one nonetheless. But in any case, since I cannot top a dopey kid calling Popo on his parents over his starving turtle that they helped rescue and that he dropped off at their house and thought he could take back at will, since I cannot top that idiot It is time to plug-pull this podcast. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this Sunday Memorial Day edition of the Miller Frost Show with me, your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. Have a great start to your week, and we will see you back here. We are coming back here on Wednesday, correct, white boy Malcolm X? Hell yeah! Hell yeah, of course, folks. It is the start of Gay Pride on Tuesday, so we are going to have to, at some point next month, White by Malcolm X, we are going to have to do a special Gay Pride edition of the Miller Frost Show, but we will not tell you folks when. You just have to stay tuned for it. Anyway, have a great rest of your holiday weekend, a great start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 